Hi, I'm Tim. I'm going to be uh, just offering some message for today and uh, for the next 15 minutes or so. And if during this time you'd find it helpful as a family to look at our family resources for this morning and uh, that look more at this theme about Kingdom and Covenant, you can do that by going to stbs.org.uk forward slash Lion King. So I'm going to bring our Bible reading to us now, which is Genesis 15 verses 1 to 7. And it says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? And the one who will inherit my estate is Eliza of Damascus. And Abram said, You've given me no children, so a servant in my household will be my heir. Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood and will be your heir. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and he accredited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur, of the Chaldeans, to give you this land to take possession of it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So today we are thinking about the theme of covenant and kingdom. And our big question that we're going to explore today is, what does the reality of covenant and kingdom look like and mean for us today? So in the Lion King film, we've come to that great scene where Mufasa shows Simba the kingdom that will one day that he will take charge of. And this is sort of similar to where God shows Abraham. Remember, he's still Abraham at this point. He's not Abraham yet. God's not renamed him. Uh, but he shows him the sky above him and shows him how numerous his offspring will be and how numerous God's kingdom is going to grow. And this morning, I'm not going to focus uh, too much on our passage because I want to look at the wider themes of covenant and kingdom throughout scripture and what they mean for us today. But before we go any further, let's pray together. Lord, today we say we believe. Help our unbelief. Lord, would you come and speak to us today? We invite you into our hearts afresh. Help us to hear your voice today and allow your Holy Spirit to transform us. Amen. So now before we go any further today, I just want to define what we mean by covenant and kingdom. Maybe you're thinking about this for the first time. So we want to develop and uh, think about what these words mean. So a biblical covenant is an agreement between God and his people. It's a promise between two parties. It's not so much a legal transaction as we might associate it now, like a house covenant, but it's a promise that is birthed in relationship. And I want to say this morning that God's covenant promises that we see in scripture reveal how to be one with God and how we are to relate to others. 
when we speak about kingdom, we're talking about God's kingdom, the place where God is king. And I want to say that we can think about this in terms of our responsibility towards the king. When we're in the presence of the king, there are ways that we need to act. And I believe God's kingdom informs us how we are to do things for him and how we are to live out those kingdom values in everyday life. So in the beginning of the Bible, humankind, Adam and Eve, lived in perfect union with God. But as responsibility appeared, they found it impossible to keep it. And as human beings, we've done so ever since. Covenant and Kingdom in Scripture is about God rebuilding our relationship to him, giving us ways to do this and ways to help others do this. It's about us restoring that responsibility, that God-given responsibility. Covenant and Kingdom are just two of the major themes we see in Scripture that we see that brings unity across the whole of the Bible from chapter one of Genesis right up to the very last verse of Revelation. And this covenant that we see today in our passage in Genesis 15, where Abraham and Sarah make this covenant promise with God, as God promises to Abraham that his offspring would outnumber the stars in the sky and God's, be God's chosen people, is one of the first ones that we see in scripture. In the covenant that God made with Abraham, he was affirming to Abraham that he was his shield and his great reward. And from that place, his kingdom lifestyle would be one shaped by the heirs that God would give him. We see God make covenants with others in the Old Testament and we see others express God's kingdom, God's kingship. But where we see these themes of covenant and kingdom fully expressed and how we see them most impact our lives today is in the life of Jesus. And then um, in this great book, Covenant and Kingdom by Mike Green, he gives us three essential elements of what covenant is for us today and what kingdom means for us today. What it means to live in the reality of God's kingly rule. And I want to encourage you, if you've not read that book before, get a copy, read it. It's a great, easy read. It's really cheap on Kindle. And I just want to take those three essential elements that Mike talks about of God's covenant promise and those three essential elements of God's kingdom and explore these now and expand upon them a bit. So we're going to first now look at the covenant. The relationship we see Jesus have with the Father invites us into a deeper covenant relationship than we have ever seen before. And there are three essential elements we see in this. The fatherhood of God, identity and obedience. So we're going to first now look at the fatherhood of God. Jesus was in a deep and intimate covenantal relationship with the Father. Jesus showed us a new depth of relationship with the Father. And it's through Jesus that we get to know the love of the Father. John 14, 23 says, Jesus replied, 
Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. How do we draw closer into covenantal relationship with the Father, knowing the true depth of his love for us, knowing the God who created you, the God who cares for you? Well, we come to Jesus. We fall in love with Jesus and we obey his teaching. See, it's Jesus who draws us into relationship with the Father. Our second essential element of covenant relationship is our own identity. How do you define yourself? How do you see yourself? What's staring back at you when you look in the mirror? 1 John 3 verse 1 says, How great is the love of the Father, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. You are a child of God. You are a child of the Heavenly Father. When you look in the mirror in the morning, what you see is a child of God. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. When we come to Christ, we are born again into a new family and we're given this new identity as children of God. See, our identity flows from our relationship with God, knowing that God is our Father. Romans 8, 17, it says, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. Not only are we children of God, but we are heirs which means we have access to all the riches of heaven and we share in God's glory. That's our identity as children loved by the Father, co-heirs with Christ, getting to experience all the riches of heaven. Finally, the third essential element of covenant is obedience. Obedience comes from us acting in consistency with our identity. When we truly know that we are a child of God, an heir with Christ, we will live in a way that reflects that. The closer we get to God and the more we allow God to transform our thinking, our behaviour and our priorities begin to line up with those of God. The obedience flows from the love for the Father and knowing our identity as his children. It's an act of love. Obedience is an act of love, aligning our behaviour to the will of God. It's not about law and control, but about living life as God intended us to live. Living knowing the full grace of God, living knowing the life of God, and the life that we have in Jesus. So covenant begins with the Father, knowing his love for us as our heavenly Father, the God who made you, created you, cares for you and loves for you. And that's where we find our identity then, as his children loved by him. 
which in turn helps us to obey because as heirs, God empowers us to do so. So let's just talk about kingdom now for a few moments. So what does the reality of God's kingdom look like for us today? Again, I just want to remind us it's about our responsibility to represent God to the people we know and then to everyone else. With Abraham and Sarah in our passage, we begin to see a little bit of this process of rebuilding man's capacity to represent God as king. But today I just want to look at three of those three essential elements that Mike Breen gives us to what a kingdom is for us today that we see in Jesus. And the first one is the king himself. God is king. Jesus is king. But we know that he's not like any other king that has ever been or will ever be. He's not about showing acts of strength and power and might and rule. But his kingly rule is marked in servant leadership and love sacrificial love for those in his kingdom. He is a majestic ruler, all-powerful, extending his kingdom marked in love by extending forgiveness to those who don't deserve it, by going after the last, the least and the lost, offering healing and restoration. And through the king himself is the pathway that leads us to the future kingdom. This is just a very different type of king. It's a loving, gracious, forgiving king. Jesus himself is our king. So essential number two is authority. See, the kingdom is all about the king and his kingship. Jesus as king is completely committed to those who live in his kingdom. Wanting us to be able to live a life that reflects the way that he lived his. And Jesus as king has authority over sin and death through his death on the cross and his resurrection to new life. In that book, Mike Breen describes authority as the qualification to act. And I want to say today that you have the qualification to act today. Jesus has empowered us to go out with his authority, to act in accordance with his will, speaking out and acting out with power in his name. See, Mark chapter 6 tells us as Jesus sent out his disciples, he gave them his authority. And we have that same authority to act on behalf of the king. The final essential element to kingdom is power. Jesus operated in the power of the Holy Spirit. He never used his power for selfish gain or to promote himself, but only to bless and serve others and glorify his father in heaven. And we have that same power as our King. After Jesus ascended into heaven, his promise of a helper came down on that first day of Pentecost in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
as the Spirit descended on people, he equipped them with the power of the King. I think in Scripture we see some truly amazing signs of God's power. His ability to change people's lives through the miracles and healings that he did, Jesus did. His ability to speak power and truth into people's lives that led them straight to repentance. And I want to remind you today that you have that same power. In fact, scripture tells us that we're going to do even greater things than Jesus did. John 14 verse 12. Truly, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I am doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. I want to encourage us today to take those words of Jesus really seriously, to think about the power that God has given us through the Holy Spirit to do greater things. So the kingdom is about the king, a loving, servant-hearted king that has authority over sin and death and has given us that same authority to act in his name. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit living in each person who is part of God's kingdom, equipping them to do greater things. In a moment, we're going to pause for a minute and think about what God's been saying to us. But at the end of today, there's going to be some discussion questions that come on the screen. We really want to encourage you to use them. And maybe if you're meeting with another household today, you might want to use them as discussion questions together and then pray for one another. If you're meeting with your Barnabas community over Zoom or in whatever way, you, I want to encourage you to use those questions again and to pray for each other. If you've not been able to meet with another household today or if you're not in a Barnabas community, at the end of our service today, there's going to be a link up here in the chat to a Zoom call and we're going to facilitate uh, those questions on there. Or if you're new to St Barnabas, we'd love you to join us on there. We'd love to get to know you better and help you use these questions today to explore these themes a bit further. So in a few moments, we're going to worship together. Andy and Joe are going to lead us in worship. But before we do that, let's just take one minute now to pause and reflect. What is God saying to you today? <laughs>